Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Wednesday, May 3rd in the year 2023. It's been an awesome day, i tell you. I just went down again. I, as those of you that didn't hear in the previous show, or I guess shows, because I made it the headline today in Bard's Nation, or Bar in Bended Knee. The headline was, Scott got bees today. So I did, and I have three hives that are now settled in. I just checked them. I've, this is my first time doing bees. It's pretty awesome, I'll tell you. All in my bee suit. I'll put some pictures up on the Telegram family room so people can see it too. But it's pretty awesome. Enjoyed it, and we're going to talk a bit about bees and common sense and a few other things here this evening. Patriots, one thing for sure right now is to make sure that you are taking good care of your wealth and that means getting your IRAs and 401ks converted to a base in gold and silver, precious metals. Patriots, President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home. Quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. End quote. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the whole process. The folks at Birch Gold are amazing. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text BARDS to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. Again, text BARDS to 989898. This is one of those decisions you will never regret. Do it today. Yeah, do that today. It's a good idea. Good thing to do, especially with the banking system that's changing almost by the hour. And we are in a big banking collapse. What did I read today? The three banks that have collapsed so far this year have more assets than the, I don't know how many, 28 banks that collapsed in 2008. Pretty crazy, so it's we're in a we're in a real financial change in, in time, and the thing is, it's all being orchestrated by the same criminals. Don't kid yourself; it's not accidental. It's not some miracle of capitalism. It's a miracle of elites raping and pillaging the financial system so that they can gain an upper hand over the people and turn people into slaves. One of the people that's coming to Bards Fest in Yuba City. Oh, by the way. Um, It'll probably be after midnight tonight, but tickets will go on sale. Just so we know it, and I'll be talking about it all day tomorrow. We're all ready. It's getting going. It's going to be exciting. Yuba City, and then we have the next one in September. So there we go. But I just want to play that this is one person that's going to be at Bars Fest. This is Pastor Anthony. He's fire, man. Take a listen to this. I'm a pastor, Marine Corps veteran, and a patriot. Ecclesiastes says there is a time to plant and there is a time to pluck up that which is planted. We have seen many educators and board members and teachers come in, and I believe many of them were planted by Satan himself. And we have now seen a full harvest of what they have brought. 
We have seen young people that have been taught to hate this country. We have seen young people that have been taught to hate God and think they're godlike and can decide their own gender. We have seen young people have been systematically indoctrinated to hate their own gender and be caused to mutilate their own bodies. And I am telling you today, it is time to pluck up that which is planted. We have watched now men come in in uh, absolute pink attire in gender confusion to bow their knee because they are the epitome of toxic masculinity. Men that would not stand up as your children are being indoctrinated. Men that would not stand up as children are being taught to castrate themselves. And men that would not stand up as children are being lied to. And so I submit to you this night, school board, you will have to give an account before God himself on the decision you make. I ask you to have courage. I ask you to have conviction. We have seen the harvest of evil upon our children, and it is time for change. Vote for Charlie Van Zandt. So there you go, Pastor Anthony. He will be at Bards Fest. I've come to know him over this last year. He is also the pastor of Shemaine and Ted Nugent, and believe it or not, the small world, he got his start in Glad Tidings Church. They they prayed over him, and that's why he's now in Naples, because that's where God sent him. So it's pretty awesome, small world, great pastor. He's he's a firebrand, and we need more of it. And hopefully when people come out of Bars Fest, they'll be like, whoa, I'm going to bring the fire. Indeed. Let's talk about bees. I'm sure there's a lot of things to talk about bees, but I'm going to talk about bees a little differently. I'm I'm telling you, change me. Yep, you heard it, change me. I people tell me all the time about bees, and pe- people that do bees are like, dude, you can't believe what how amazing they are, and just the buzzing. So let me start with my day because when you get three hives of bees and you've never done this before. You don't really know what you're into. And I've been very grateful because I've had two really good resources for bees. One is Brad and Kelly Cummings. That's Pastor Brad and his wife. And Michelle of the Resistance Chicks. And they've been super helpful. And then the company I bought my stuff from, which is Dadant, I think it is, which is uh, they've been around in this, they've been doing bee business for 120 years in this nation. They're awesome. And they were super helpful in getting me all lined up. And then there's, of course, YouTube University, and there's all sorts of books. And I have a small bee library now. So I've been reading and watching YouTube. And by the way, um, we need to get it up, but Michelle at Resistance Chicks did a video the other day, which was just unbelievably timed because I was like, okay, what do I do when I get my my nuke, nuke? And she did one out of the blue and sent it to me just when I, and it was perfect. So it was really helpful. So I went through this whole thing, and so this morning I got a call at 6 a.m. from the post office, and the bees were supposed to be in tomorrow, but that's not usually the way things work. And so I, they were like, oh, your bees are here. And you can send live bees in the mail, but you have to pick them up pretty quickly. So I, went, I got down there by 9, picked up the bees, and there's three hives, and they're all and I thought they were going to be separate, like individual, but they're all, um, they have these, these wood slats that they're all stapled together. So you lift up and there's three hives together. And, and just so I say it, it's like I put them in my Jeep and 
when you say to somebody like it doesn't know bees, like me didn't know bees too much, like I'm going to put three hives in the back of my Jeep. You have a lot of interesting images that come out. You start to wonder, it's like, huh, like what happens if they get out? Like, what am I going to do? Which they can't get out unless you're dumb and you cut the screen. But they, the ladies were pretty nice. They were they were pretty calm, and there's a lot of buzzing. So it's a, but that's the thing about bees, and I've been told this by anybody that does bees. Like the their buzzing is healing. It's like a healing frequency, and it's no kidding. It's so soothing. It's pretty amazing. So I got I brought them up to the property, and I set them in a dark room, and the ladies were like chilling, and and so I uh, got all the hives set up. Michelle was available, so I was able to call her today, and she became my bee consultant for the afternoon. And she kind of made sure, checked, we did a video call, and she made sure I had everything in order. Yeah, this is the one thing about the whole movement, the Patriot movement, and what I love so much is everybody's out there to help one another succeed. It's really too awesome. And that is what everybody's about. I mean, I just got off the phone before the call and talked to Brad, or before the show, and talked to Brad. And he's like, you know, make sure anytime you want, call Kelly because she's been doing this. And, and today we even did a video call and I was in my B outfit and Kelly was in her B outfit. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it's just like this. We have this amazing connectivity in our love in Jesus and in our, on our walk in this body of Christ. As we're all kind of doing the same thing, Jeremiah 616, seek the ancient paths. And that was really impactive to me today because as I sat there and I, went through setting up the hives and get everything in order. And then I had to do the show at noon. So then I had a conference call after that. And then I went down there and the ladies were still, they were getting a little agitated because it was getting a little warm. It wasn't too warm. They were getting a little warm and it was cooler outside. So I quickly got everything set up. And um, so I walked them out there and, there's all sorts of little things I had to do, like I had to make their food. In the, the, the arrangement that I have here, you have the main super, which is down below, the 10-frame main box below, right? And so what I added was a um, upstairs restaurant for them. So they have a feeding area upstairs, which is really nice. It's all out of wood, and they can go up the center. And I made them uh, some sugar water today, 10 pounds or 20 pounds of sugar with, with water, <clears throat> which you fill in there and you put a little floating deck in there so they can crawl up to the center and then they can go out and they can nibble on their sugar water. So it's kind of like fine dining at the, up the upper level for the bees, you know, and they're all, they're all chilling. They're loving this. So pretty exciting because I've, you never just don't know what to expect. So I'm in my whole bee outfit and, and I, kind of get them in place and I get the queen out, which was a, she was in a little different container than what I had seen online, figured it out, got her placed in there and then shook the, kind of shake the bees out of the box. And then I've, I've got this little entry door thing to put the nook box in so that they all kind of fall down and go inside the beehive. And it was just peaceful. You know, I think there's so much, and, and the reason I'm getting at this is there's, this is just like the COVID thing. And we, and we people, they spent years programming people about the virus, the pandemic, you shall all die, that sort of stuff, right? 
How many how many movies have we seen about killer bees, swarming bees, people getting eaten by hornet killer wasps and whatever, you know? And it's exactly opposite. So as I'm sitting here today and I'm watching this, I'm like, man, we have, this is pretty amazing because this is like a, this is really God's creature here. And they're, they're not out to be vicious. I mean, in fact, I'm, I'm had my conversations with the ladies today. They say it's good to talk to the bees. That's probably is. I figured if not, at least I'm talking to them. And if somebody hears me, they'll think I'm crazy, but that's okay. They think I'm crazy when I'm talking to Jesus half the time too. So nothing new there. And little do they know how much they miss out when they don't talk to Jesus, but that's another story. And so I, I, once they got them settled in and just to kind of sit back and watch them, you know, and you're doing one at a time, you have three hives and each one's getting settled in. And they're, you're asking, I mean, for me, this is new. So I'm just expressing to you some, some for beekeepers are going to be like, dude, you know, it's no big deal. But one of the things is, and I, and I'm saying this because it's cognizant is I know there are people that are afraid of bees and fear is the mind killer. It's the mind killer. And any creatures other than humans can sense fear. And they sense it and they respond to it. It agitates them. It causes them problems. And the thing is today that I was just completely chill. I mean, I don't have any, I wouldn't be doing bees if I had fear. And so I just enjoyed hanging out with the bees and getting them into the hives kind of get them settled in and you watch this big plunk clump of bees fall in and they start crawling in. What's amazing is this mass overpopulation of lump of bees. They all get along somehow. It's pretty amazing. So I went back just before the show. So I, when I finished the, the setup before the Bards FM show, I, it was, I finished about 520, I guess. And I had had the, the three nook boxes were nook boxes were set in place and the bees were going into the hive. The queen was in each one of them. Their, their fine dining restaurant was all set up in each one. And I got a lid, got the lids put on them. And then I just kind of left them alone, cleaned up. I look like, uh, it's a great sci-fi looking outfit. I'm telling you, you, you do look like you're like, like the Mars lander guy or something, you know, Elon Musk would be proud. And so I, Went back up, set up the show for tonight, and then came back after um, Bards FM. I went back down to check on them. What's very cool is that all of the bees now have, well, I'm going to say all, like 98% of all the bees are now inside the hive. And there's a lot of bees in those little boxes, which means they found the queen. And the queen's going to, there's a little uh, candy, if you don't know this, but when they, they have a queen cage. And so there's a little candy at the end that they have to eat through to free the queen. So she'll be out in a couple of days. Michelle showed me a trick because you can take a, a screwdriver or an ice pick and pick a little tiny hole in the candy so it's a little faster for them to get through. So she'll probably be out in a couple of days. They'll be nibbling away. And then they'll start their process of building. But they're, um, they've been through a lot of, obviously, a lot of shakeup because they had to get here by the post office. And they survived it, which tells you a lot about the resilience of bees because they were able to survive being transported by vehicle in a cage with a little can of sugar water. 
and then they are anxious to get busy in building their new home. But there's some real wisdom that goes with bees, and that's what I want to kind of dig into tonight. And from a completely different perspective, I found this really cool article, and it's titled The Wisdom of Bees, and it's literally based on leadership. And so the guy starts out says, when talking about wisdom, bees often come up. Aristotle, Marcus Aurelius, and Emerson all spoke about bees. And for good reason, they have a lot to teach us. Beekeeper, management, consultant, professional. And so here's a couple lessons that are pretty interesting. First one they put up here is protect the future. And I'm reading this because I think there's a lot of relevancy as we talk about, especially as I spoke about in the last hour, we're talking about redefining the paradigm. And it's funny how we keep looking at structural paradigms that men created. And if anybody hasn't figured that out yet, they're failing pretty badly. I mean, just like Pastor Anthony said at the beginning, I mean, we have young kids that are now thinking they're God to change their gender, decide what gender they're going to be. We have men who have absolutely no spine. They're just going to sit around and watch their kids get castrated and watch other kids get castrated. I don't even know what that's like. If somebody needs to watch The Patriot with Mel Gibson, you know, when they went after, when they took his son, he went like straight up native hatchet man and took care of the Brits, which was good. There's a nice little scene there. One of my favorite scenes. So let's, let's read about this. So one of their top wisdoms of bees is protect the future. So I'm just going to read what they have here. Bees don't focus exclusively on the most productive flower patches at any given time. And for good reason, conditions change rapidly for bees and they can ill afford wide swings in pollen and nectar intake. When a lucrative vein of nectar is discovered, the entire colony doesn't rush off to mine, to mine it, no matter how enriching the short-term benefits are. The colony has internalized a very important natural rule. Someday, the nectar in that location will stop flowing and they need to be prepared to rapidly reallocate resources to other productive sites. The best way to ensure that there will be a short run is to focus on the long run. As the bees clearly advise through their behavior, over-exploiting a rich patch just because it is there is a death trap. That's some good wisdom. And that's really one of the fail points of human society right now. Is that when we find a vein of something, we just go after it. Look at ChatGPT and look at AI right now. Nobody's thinking in terms of consequence. They're just pushing this and going racing off to the end. ChatGPT was released initially and usership was 100,000. I think now they're over at 100 million and growing active users. And it's just drawing people in, and it's it's literally just sucking them into one big focal point, and there's no wisdom to understand that you have to look long and short. So in that principle of bees, they're not all you're not going to see the entire hive rush over to one nectar patch. They're going to continue to have their bees out collecting nectar from everywhere because it's a balance. And there's some real wisdom in that consideration as human beings as we struggle ourselves with how to find balance. 
arguably the same that could be true with, with our religion and our faith, rather. Because you find people that accept Jesus, and it's just like, man, it's all in. It's like, I'm going to get saved, and I'm going to get baptized, and I'm going to get changed, and everything's going to change, and there's all this excitement. And then the normal flow of life isn't like that. I mean, there is a big moment. But the real issue is the sustainment over time. How do you live? How do you walk? How do you breathe? How do you build that relationship, that intimate relationship with Jesus and the intimate relationship with the Father? And what ends up happening is people have this explosive moment in accepting Christ and learning Christ, and then you find that so many will drift away. They don't have a support network. They've not been well prepared for what's to come. I mean, what's the number one thing that always happens? I would say to almost every single person that accepts Jesus is that right away there's an attack from the dark side. And why? Because Satan knows very well. So in the sense of that, there's, there should be some moderation in looking to building the flock in a, in a way of long and short. But we tend, to, we tend to jump on things and just go like deep, hard into something, and then we get burned out. So there needs to be a sense of balance in balancing the now with the future. So next point they have on this article is distribute authority. This is an interesting one. With many thousands of employed workers, the queen couldn't possibly direct all of the actions of the field from her command post. While the queen is the generic heart and soul of the hive, she is by no means the only leader. Those closest to the information should make the relevant decision. Decentralization is one of the hallmarks of the honeybee colony. Foraging decisions, for example, are made by the foragers. The information doesn't travel up to the queen and back again. If you are thinking of shifting greater power away from the organizational core to the, into the field, However, consider these facts. Bees have clear objectives. They are excellent communicators and are able to quickly take in and consolidate information and transform that information into coordinated action. Three, they are reliable workers that are very good at what they do. So we've got skill, very excellent communication, and clear objectives. I'm, I'm going to be like, I mean, I'm just going to say that that's not a normal trait. It's not taught in schools. It's not part of our culture much anymore. Used to be one of the core elements. Those right there could define, they definitely could define the military the way it used to be. It's one of the reasons that army officers in particular were such an army, uh, even army NCOs were such high hires back in the 50s and the 60s, because those sorts of thinking, like having a clear, understanding how to establish clear objectives, have excellent communications, and being skilled in what they did. did. So decision-making and all of that were part of the nature, and that's not the case much anymore. In fact, that case study can be found in the Japanese study of American business, which in the 80s and 90s, the Japanese were coming back over here to give lectures to American business leaders. And when the American business leaders asked where they got their wisdom, the Japanese business leaders said, we read the books you wrote in the 50s and the early 60s. 
And, and that's not an exaggeration. It's true. So I, I bring these things up because one of the key parts of that is dis distributed authority. We talk about county by county and how to reset this nation. One of the critical principles is to distribute authority, to take away the centralized function. We have become a central command center type country, central planning. We are truly socialist in all levels right now. Central planning. The federal government is going to do all the planning for us. People look to the federal government to solve all their problems. If you don't have a job, people want to know where they're going to get money from the federal government. I mean, that's, that's the same principle as people that, and I mean this when I say that people look to God and say, God, fix it. And, it's, and we've been given dominion over this land and we have authority over evil. And it's like, okay, so how's that work? God works through us in amazing ways. But we have to stay anchored in the works that we do in this world. So that demands that we have good communication, which would be our communication with Father. We have to have clear objectives. We have to listen to him, and then we have to make those plans out in this real world and have clear objectives. And we have to be very good at what we do. That means we have to train ourselves. We have to dig into our skills. It's not just something that flows from heaven into our hands, rarely anyway. Those are sort of responsibilities we have. So we start to look at the B model and we're looking at the colony model and we start to look at the world that we're in. We've, we've been ripped away from something that we probably are native to us and yet we're put into something now that's completely wrong. We have centralized command authority. You know, I've told you the story in Afghanistan with Colonel Ian Hope, Lieutenant Colonel Ian Hope that led the Princess Patricia's in southern Afghanistan when I was with them, and he led them to great success, and they only lost three guys, and it wasn't even in the field, as they mopped up most of Hillman province with Taliban. So left to kick the Taliban out. Fast forward two months to Operation Medusa when the Van Dus came in with their commander from Quebec, who was a complete top-down centralized command authority, and they were within 10 days, he had destroyed the operational effectiveness of 70% of his fighting force, 70%. There's your, there you have it. I mean, centralized authority is not normal to the nature of things. When we decentralize and we trust in leadership and we have purpose, objective, and good communication and skills, things take off. And that's literally county by county. Next one on this list, which is an interesting order and innovate through fuzzy constants. This is an interesting one. Much of the activity of bees is collaborated to constants that allow them to find their way home. When an organization adopts and fastens itself to a few immutable principles, the system as a whole becomes more reliable. A degree of error in the form of initiative, original thinking, and experimentation can be tolerated. Constants do not drive out originality. They make it possible. Where several solutions exist in shifting complex settings, organizations require the intrusion of some variable, but never to the point of disorder. So one of the problems that we have in faith and in business is the intolerance for error. I mean, you hear this a lot in, in, in our faith. I mean, it's like, you sin, you're going to hell. God knows we're going to sin. I hate to say it, 
He knows that. That's kind of a given. Part of that is, and then you have the, you're, you're not worthy, um, all these sorts of things. This overburdensome issue of somehow that we can't achieve perfection, so we should feel bad about it. Father's living through us in this experience. If we open the door, if we, if we invite him in to sit at the table, he will dine with us. And that's really where we are right now. And so we're in a place, a very important place, where we have to be understanding that we are going to make mistakes, and Father knows that. And that's part of our development. Now, sometimes egregious errors, which is way outside the boundaries, we have a boundary to work within, and that's kind of your, your, your fuzzy constants. I mean, they're out there. We know that there's things we shouldn't be doing. And once in a while, we're gonna, some are going to do them. But the idea is that even within that boundaries, you're going to stumble. And that is what makes the resilience and the strength of the organization greater, the strength of the movement, the strength of the body of Christ gets greater. Because through failure, we learn and become stronger. Organizations typically don't do this well. And I, I did organizational consulting, so I can tell you that a lot of organizations just don't do this well. Most, in fact, don't. They don't give the latitude for people to explore, to, in, to question. I saw this interesting post today, and it, this was the question. And somebody, they said um, something, there was a reference to God, and then somebody said, I wonder if God is married. Okay. And the retort was just brutal. It's like, why would you ever question anything about this? And this, you know, and, and of course, the person that's writing this is talking about all these different posts that were done in reference to God. And the response from the person that said this basically said this. He said, you know, through this movement, I have come to truly appreciate and start to love God but I got here by asking questions. So what's wrong with me asking a question? And I love that response because rather than being smacked down like they, someone did, he's asking a question. He can bring that to God. And I doubt that God's going to smack him down, right? And so this is a place where we have to be pretty cognizant of, and this is where, again, when you're looking at a structure of a hive, there's a lot of, there's some, there's managers and there's bees out there and some bees are going to die and some bees are going to do successfully. And Oh, by the way, catch, catch this piece. The drones that mate with the queen, oh, this is brutal. Once they mate with her, she rips their penis off. They die. That's a, I'm not volunteering, by the way, to be part of a hive. I just want to be clear. That's not, that's not gonna, that is not going to work for me. Can't do it. I'm not dying that way. But there's other things we could learn. In, in learning from the hive, that would not be one of them I would put on the top five list, just so we're clear. It, that, that doesn't work for me. So, but there is, there is this sense of order in the beehive. And it's order through decentralization, and it's also order because there are consequences for things. And that's accountability, which we've talked a great deal about in the lack of accountability in this world. Let me go back now to this article because this is this is an interesting one. Number four, keep your balance. One of, the, one of the principal ways that bees moderate extreme behaviors is through genetic diversity. The genetic diversity produces bees within the same hives that are differentially sensitive 
to environmental conditions. For example, bees keep the temperature of the hive relatively constant at about 93 degrees Fahrenheit. The bees heat the hive by contracting two sets of flight muscles and cool the hive by flapping their wings. However, they don't do all of this at the same time. Fortunately, the bees differ in their sensitivity to temperature and alter their behavior at different times in response to climatic conditions. Managers should strive to to hire capable people who, as a group, provide the team with a range of perspectives and worldviews. Otherwise, organizations can become closed societies. In addition to making a conscious effort to hire a hire in a fair-minded way, take time to select people who are naturally inquisitive and have varied interests. So I want to hit this on a couple of levels. If we look at social media and what's become of that nightmare in, in Silicon Valley, we have seen this monolithic hiring practice at its best. Very few conservatives, in fact, almost no conservatives in certain areas. Everybody has to be part of the woke culture, and we see what we get. We get insanity. And this is the this is the left's greatest problem. The liberal concept of this nation is somehow everybody needs to be the same. And conservatives aren't much better because we tend to stove type stovepipe ourselves in this in such a crazy way that we don't pay attention to the diversity that is needed. And we need diversity. And we need diversity in a big way. We need to be able to have different people. So let me go to the church and look at it this way. Now, I used Thomaston where I went. I was there for two years the in Valley Grove Church, and I give them tons of bonus points for this. This is a small country church, and if there was one thing that church did exceptionally well, they met people where they are. So if someone came in, and there were a number of people that would come in, younger ones especially, tattooed up, earrings and purple or green hair, they would be welcomed. But there's a lot of churches that won't do that. They'll judge them from the minute they step on that door because they don't look like them. They're not wearing the khakis and the, and the penny loafers. They're not dressed the way they were, were expected, even if their dress is casual with jeans and a certain thing. There's a profile that becomes what the church is, and it's a social structure. And if you don't meet that, then you're not part of the clique. You're not part of the group. And what does that do? I mean, if somebody comes in with an inquisitive mind, what happens? We have had an amazing testimony in our own group, which I'm going to share again tonight because it's right in line. And I was well counseled by our amazing mod team. And this is a person who, when we came into our group, was big into Palladians and the Galactic Empire and whatever else. And they're an inquisitive, this is an inquisitive young man. Lots of questions. He's just, his mind's working. And I was getting pretty frustrated because there was so much of that discussion in our chat. And Armand's came to me and just said, let it be. This is, this is going to be handled. And I'm glad I listened. This young man gave his own testimony here on online that he had ended up staying into this podcast, listening to the stories, listening to the testimonies, and had left the other stuff behind and accepted Christ. 
and now has his own podcast. That's a great testimony of diversity and accepting things and letting people contribute in a unique way. And to the credit of the community here, there was a lot of acceptance of this person. It still is. And it's wonderful to see. So we have a tendency of wanting to be stovepiped and monolithic. And that's exactly what we shouldn't be doing. We have to create a diverse culture. When you look at the Q culture, and I've said this many times. In fact, I had this conversation, exact conversation with Pastor Travis Graham in his office back in 2018 or 2019. And we were talking about the Q culture at the time and how many people when they were on the chat, Chan, so they were on like 8chan at that time. It's, it later became 8kun. But they were talking about things like, I discovered evil is real, therefore I've proven that God is real. And they began to search out scripture and started reading the Bible. And they were asking questions. And they were drawn to the book of Enoch. And they were drawn to the book of Giants. And they were gone, drawn to the book that weren't of the canon texts. And immediately you started to see what was happening. Instead of people encouraging them, it became like, well, that's not part of the Bible. Don't read that. Why not? It was It's texts that are considered very important in history, in the biblical history, they always have been. And they were, and it was wetting their interest and their appetite for more. And they were asking questions. And here's the other thing. And this is what I told Travis Graham. I said, these people are awake. They're seeking Jesus. But here's the problem of any church they come into. They're new to faith. And they haven't been guided by anybody. So they're going to drop an F-bomb here and there. And they're going to be talking in a coarse language. And they're not going to be putting things in perfect scriptural things. And I said, 99% of these people would be expelled from even this church because church members can't see past those things and realize that what they're bringing is this richness in a passion and a love for Christ. They're seeking. They're chasing after it. And instead, it's like, nope, sorry, you have to conform and sit in that pew and polish your penny loafers and do not crease your, your khakis. And above all, that pink shirt that you're wearing, don't get it dirty. I mean, that's literally it. And it's very frustrating and disheartening. And it's why so many of them have gone and they've sought other avenues. And there's a lot of people I've met that have really become powerful followers of Christ. They've been saved. They've gone through the process and they started in the Q movement and they started in these chat boards and it all came down to walking in a world where they discovered evil. And then they're like, holy cow. Well, I probably shouldn't say holy cow. Holy moly. That was like evil's there. God has to exist. Where do I go? They start with scripture and they start and they just let go. So we have to be cognizant of that idea of keeping a balance. So the fifth point of this article today is prepare for leadership changes. I love this too. A colony headed by a high, high quality queen has a more robust worker population and greater honey yield. It matters a great deal who is at the top. Consequently, it is not surprising that the workers in the hive pay close attention to the queen's ability to propagate and are sensitive to declines in her performance. You notice there's no transgender problem here and like mutilating somebody's genitals so they can't reproduce. That doesn't work in the hive. They'll kick you out, probably kill you too, which might be, that might be a good point to adopt in 
at bringing wisdom from the bee colony to our world. But anyway, another subject. So the queen's ability to lead is determined ultimately by the minions, a truth unfortunately lost in many organizations. Leadership depends on the constant of the people to follow. In the instance of bees, the voice of workers is loud and clear. If the honeybee teaches us anything, it is that organizations cannot survive without a leader and therefore the colony prevents costly voids in leadership by planning for successors in advance of the obvious need. Colonies die without their top bee. Organizations become pathological without leadership. So right now in our country, there is no leadership, if you haven't noticed. And yet people, leadership in this country has become a form of Trump doing a rally and saying the same thing that he did in 2016. That's somehow leadership. And it's not. The only person right now that I have seen that has executed leadership is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Seriously. And we can talk about him all day long and you can say, well, he's got this flaw and that flaw. Yep, he does. Don't care. He is the one that has been out in front on this Vax thing, fighting for the people. And here's a little sidebar story just to kind of give you the difference in leadership. In his, when he announced his presidential run, there was a, a false flag that was attempted to drive his audience out. They started sending off the, somebody did, set off the alarms and tried to vacate the building. And his security is a good security detail. And they, they prepared to move in and protect him. And this is what he did. And I'm t- telling you this from firsthand account from Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. And he says, stop. He told everybody, he said, stop, relax. We'll get through this, but we're going to finish what we came here to, to do. And he held them, he held that line and he walked everybody through because he saw what it was. We need leadership in our nation. The problem is that we don't have any, so people are migrating. And when people are migrating towards leaders, they're not looking at what the leaders are going to be doing for the benefit of the country. Usually leaders are chosen by what the benefit of an individual self. So if you were voting for Obama, most of the drive there was because people wanted some free something or other that Trump was going to provide. I'm sorry, Obama was going to provide. That wasn't Trump. Trump had a good run, but we haven't seen leadership in this last four years. And we've needed his leadership. And it hasn't been there. We've needed a strong voice to say the vax is wrong. The nation did. Because that's what strengthens the nation, to know that there can be somebody that's willing to step out in front. But that didn't happen. And we have nothing in the White House right now other than a clone or a drone or whatever it is, because it's not Biden. Or if it is, it's dead. I mean, a dead man walking. And then, of course, if you get rid of Biden, you get Kamala Harris, which I think is a he anyway. It's probably a gender flip. So we're left with this void. And so people are scrambling around and they look at Ron DeSantis because of what he's doing at a state level. They're not looking at the deeper issues of like, why did you just go to Israel and sign a, a, a law that protects every Jew and denounces anybody that even criticizes a Jew? Oh, the world we live in. By the way, um, for those of you that, I'm just going to say this. It is not the book of Jews. It's the book of Hebrews for a reason. Just thought I'd mention that. You can figure that one out. 
So the point is that we're, we don't have leadership and we don't have a good process in our nation of successive leadership. Leadership is selected by the elites and they're put to us and the people say, well, look at your choices. And the people themselves aren't selecting leadership. This country was built more on a bee principle, a beehive principle. The power came from the people. That's where leaders were supposed to come from. But it's become an elite game. So they select the ones and they throw out a bunch of people out here and they know very well who's going to win. They've already decided, but they're going to play the game so people go, oh, I kind of like him, but not a whole lot, and I kind of like him. And then you'll hear this all the time. It's like, man, I wish such and such would run for president. But we believe that that can't happen, and yet that would be the right solution when people are choosing the leader that they want. That's essentially the hive mentality because they're, they're, uh, they're paying attention to the queen and her productivity, and if she starts to decline, they start to build a new queen smart because it's it's the little guy that determines the future of the organization you don't have a queen trying to hold on to her power and then like mm, i'm not productive anymore but that's okay i'm still going to be in power the, the hive would die and unfortunately that's a lot of what's happened here we've ended up with a war on our hum on our society we have children that are being mutilated that can't reproduce a successful society is centered on a simple principle. It must reproduce. We must continue to reproduce. If you don't have the people to reproduce, your society's dead. And right now, I hate to say it, but on the track record and the projections where we're going, this society has died. The only thing that will change that is a determined group of people that will decide that they're not going to let that happen. And that means propagation. That means we have to increase the birth rate. We have to we have to birth the right people. But what we're seeing is replacement going on. Replacement with foreigners, replacement with illegal aliens. And I don't know what the future holds because it's an unknown factor, but it appears that a lot of the youth have been sterilized by this vax. It's, that is not something that's talked about much, but it has been alluded to. So it's something worth looking at. So there's a lot of wisdom in bees. There's a lot of healing in bees. They say that a person that has PTSD can sleep between hives. And if they sleep between hives for a couple of nights, they can actually heal their PTSD by the frequency of the buzzing of the hives. There's tons of products that come from a beehive. You can live off of a beehive, literally. It's, if that's all you had to eat, you wouldn't get fat, but you would have all the nutrients that you need and you would be healthy. There's a lot of, and I was given a statistic a little bit ago that the average beekeeper lives 10 years longer than most people. That should tell you something. There's wisdom there. And there's wisdom in the greater part of all of this, too, in a reminder of what our tasks are here. We need to go back to go forward. We can't keep trudging along going where we're going. We've got to get back to the basics. We have to get back to the ancient path. I don't know if you know this, but a honeymoon, the honeymoon, the origins of that came from the old world, like northern the Netherlands, the Scandinavian cultures. And it was based on mead, which was the honey wine. And 
two people that were married would then drink mead every day. And it was for a full moon, so a honeymoon. And it was believed that mead would increase, because it was honey-based, would increase the uh, chances of being improved fertility and increase the chances of having a child. Really interesting stuff. Bees are a big part of our culture. They've been a big part of our life, our histories of humanity. There's a lot of wisdom there. And we gain that wisdom in simple ways. We can read articles or we can get our hands involved with bees. And I'm, I'll tell you, for the things that I've done, and, I, and I'm loving doing cattle, but there was something today very different, something that people told me about that I didn't understand until I was around it. And it's pretty magical when you have the buzzing of the bees and the excitement of them getting into their new hives and all that garbage that comes out of Hollywood and everything about the violence of bees or whatever and yeah, whatever. You know, it, it was, they're doing their job and all we're doing is help facilitating it and then working with them to take a harvest and to ensure their success because their success is our success. And that sort of symbiotic relationship and mutual benefit relationship is at the core of the world we need to build. We're leaving an extractive, exploitive culture. We need to return to a balanced living where we seek mutual benefit for one another. And to me, that's much closer to kingdom walk than anything else we have. And we can learn a lot about it through bees and the management of the hive. Let's pray. Father, we're blessed in this time that we are here and just reflecting deeply on one of your amazing creatures, the bees. And we're humbled because there's so much wisdom in there. And we're reminded of how much wisdom exists around us that we've lost or just don't pay attention to anymore because we've been so detached from the ways of the land and the ways of the earth. Father, there's a lot of things in this modern world that we've learned, some to our benefit, but a lot of garbage that we've also put in our heads. And so tonight we're just really praying for Jeremiah 6.16, seeking the ancient paths, to be inspired daily to go back. And whether it's the making of sourdough or whether it's learning a trade or whether it's raising bees or learning what it is to be a shepherd of sheep or a herder of cattle, whatever that is. There's wisdom in those skills and those sets. They're fundamental to who we are and how we live. Pray for this, the attractions of the shiny silver object to just start to dull. They don't attract people like they do. We pray for a heart and an awakening of people to seek that which truly makes a difference in our lives fundamentally get back to taking control over what we eat, how we raise animals, how we live in balance with things, and understanding what it is to be stewards of this land, not consumers of this land. So, Father, we, we just ask for that blessing. And as stewards of the land as we've been tasked, we declare that. Declare a change in heart for this nation, change in heart for this world, a continued awakening to seeking that which we were intended to do, not that which men instruct us to do. 
Guide us in this time, Father, and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, an awesome day. And it was it's only going to get better. So we've got Bars Fest tickets going on sale by tomorrow morning. We're working hard to get all that done through the night. It's going to be a great event at Yuba City. And it's going to be the beginning of a lot of, of two more events this year and many more to come. But in the meantime, dig into your garden. Dig into your dream of a homestead, no matter where you are, whatever form it takes. If you're in an apartment, you can grow stuff. If you're in it, you can grow it on balconies or indoors. If you live in a trailer or you live in a, wherever you live, you can do something. If you live in a house and you're blessed with a backyard, that's awesome. Get rid of your toxic lawn. Make, make it into a garden. Bring in some bees. Amazing how many neighbor, how many states have legalized that too, by the way. Oregon, of all places, is this liberal government we have. They've actually mandated that the co-op, the Oregon State Extension Office, excuse me, have annual classes to teach people how to better grow bees in the urban environment. <laughs> I love liberals. They always make things... When you get stuff like this, they do stuff, and you're like, you really just passed that? This made my life easier. Thanks. Appreciate it. They do a lot of other stupid stuff, believe me. But once in a while, they get it right. And that's okay. I'll take it when we get it. But anyway, have some bees. It's awesome. It's a good way to re-energize. And that's interesting because that was exactly my prayer with Father this morning, re-energizing energy renewal energy, and I got it through the bees. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body